Hi, everybody. Dave Winder here with the Running with the Racers podcast, number 131. This is one of the official podcasts of the Athletics Department at Murray State University. The other is the Racer Report that you will also find on social media as well, so check that out. You can find us at GoRacers.com, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And we did mention that uh, we're really having a good time with the Racer Report uh, podcast. It's, it's more of in the moment. For example, last week as we arrived at Arch Madness in St. Louis, I had a chance to sit down with uh, Harry Schroeder, who does a lot of the uh, TV and radio for the Missouri Valley, and a guy who has been covering the conference you know, for uh, more than two decades. So it was really good to sit down with him and to kind of get that, uh, that feeling of the atmosphere that we saw uh, at the Enterprise Center in St. Louis. Of course, the racers' men's team, they won a game and then dropped out to the eventual champion, uh, Drake. The Murray State women, they're up at uh, Moline this week for Hoops in the Heartland for the Missouri Valley Women's Tournament. And we'll talk uh, more about that as we go along today. Uh, you can find uh, uh, me on uh, social media, on Twitter. It's uh, RacerDave23. And you can reach me by email as well, dwinder at murraystate.edu. Uh, the Racers are, of course, one of the most active uh, programs uh, in all of social media, so check us out. Good place to start is at MSU Racers on Twitter. And, of course, our various teams at Murray State are very active on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and, of course, on Twitter. So let's get back into it today on the Running with the Racers podcast. It's uh, with another racer great, Reggie Swinton, who uh, was inducted into the Murray State Hall of Fame in 2022, had a great football career, uh, in one of the top eras uh, in the history, if not the top era of racer football history, he's our 46th Hall of Famer that has been featured here on the Runner with the Racers podcast. You can visit Reggie Swinton's Hall of Fame page at GoRacers.com and see the tremendous career he had. He was actually a walk-on his first season with Coach Houston Nutt. He's got a funny story about how he wanted number 10, uh, wound up with number 84. That's a good one. Uh, and we also get into Reggie Swinton's NFL experience. He uh, stayed in the league for five seasons before injury forced him out. And one thing about it, for anyone who has played football at the highest level and done it for multiple years, there is a personal sacrifice uh, physically and mentally that is made. And Reggie made that sacrifice, and still today, He's dealing with injuries as he comes up on his 48th birthday in July. He's very forthcoming about that. And at a time when Swinton was dealing with depression, you know what brought him out of it? He started coaching Little League football and carrying and being a mentor to the youth in Little Rock, his hometown where he still lives today. It's, it's a really great story about what Reggie is doing in his hometown of Little Rock, Arkansas. So now our visit with Murray State Hall of Famer, Reggie Swinton. Truly one of the most talented football players that I have ever seen with my own two eyes at Murray State. Great to have Reggie Swinton on the program today. Reggie, uh, we're doing a little FaceTime here from his home in Little Rock. Uh, I'm actually in St. Louis at Arch Madness as we record this today. And Reggie, it's great to see you. How you doing? I'm doing well, Dave. How you doing, man? Thanks for having me. Do, do it, doing really, really good. So uh, uh, all of our Hall of Fame class of 2022, man, we had a great time. Um, 
and we just mentioned them, you know, going into this, everybody that was in the class. Reggie, let's just start there. Last November, we had a great time, Hall of Fame weekend. It was really the first one that had gone off the way we had planned since 2019, which was pre-pandemic. But, gosh, it was great to get you all back on campus uh, during the end of football, the beginning of basketball. And, uh, you know, I hope you had a great time, you and your family. And we had an awesome time. Uh, I, you know, I tell you, that was one of the more, the more gratifying nights of my career. Uh, knowing that I would not have gotten where I went if it wasn't for the University of Murray State. So um, to 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 be able to come back home and have home to me, to be able to come back home. Oh, I'm sorry, to be able to come back home. And and to get inducted was an awesome, awesome deal for me and my family. So what what was it like uh, and having your sons stand up there and talk about their old man? It was really, really cool. So it was it was Ryan and Reggie Jr. that got up there. It, it was truly at a, a moment when you walked up there and hugged those two guys, man, there wasn't a dry eye in the place. You know, I have never seen – I, I have never seen my son sons do do uh do public speaking, <laughs> so I didn't know what they were going to say. I didn't know how they was going to do, and to hear both of my sons talk about me like that just let me know I did something uh, good as a father, and it just touched me so much because all the accolades I get, you know, I want to hear things like that from my kids, from somebody who I raised and somebody who knows me in and out so that was an awesome feeling and for ryan to call me the adversity killer yeah um you know i've got shirts being made now with adversity killer on there uh and that's something that coach nut told me he was like man that's something i've never heard and you got to get shirts made with that on it so i got shirts in production right now that was awesome you know uh Maybe this is a time for me to kind of shed my my shell just a little bit and see if you agree with me. Uh, you know, my son, Matthew, lives in town with his wife, Leah. They've given us two great-grandsons already, uh, a great-grand – well, not great-great-grand. <laughs> the two right, grandsons, yeah. but they're great is right. what I meant to they're say. Great. Uh, Woods and crew, and they got another one on the way. But do you ever feel like as a father sometimes you just go – you know, gosh, you go, th thank you, God, for – it seems like my kids are turning out okay, <laughs> right? Because that's all we ever wanted when we had them, right? We gave them, gave them to the Lord, and we're just like, hey, I hope they turn out good. And, you know, I had this conversation with Ryan earlier today. Um, there's nothing more gratifying than seeing your kids succeed. There's nothing more gratifying than seeing your kids make good decisions, and we don't know how our kids going to turn out. We can do our best to raise them in the right environment and do things right. But sometimes kids go astray. And so to to see my kids, all four of them, doing well uh, makes me feel like I've done a – me and my wife did a great job. My youngest son, Lil Reggie, is still playing football at Jackson State. And uh, so I can't wait to go see him play this year. So it's it, it just a great feeling. And you, you mentioned, I think you've got two other children, too. You want, you want to tell us who they are? Yeah, uh, you got Craig and uh, you got Sydney, and they are 27 and 25. And uh, so the 25-year-old is my daughter, Sydney. She has my grandbaby, who's four years old. And then Craig, the oldest, 
will be having his first child in about three weeks. So we are getting ready for a new grandchild. That, that's your first two grandchildren? Like, yeah, our first two. Both girls. Be, be that's two wonderful. Girls. And I love it. Yeah, I love the, the Hey, let me tell you, there's nothing better than being pawpaw. <laughs> it, 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 nothing, and buddy. And you can't explain it. You can't explain it. It's 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 amazing. It's it's almost like when your children are born again, only it's like four times as intense because you're it's this is your children's children. Right. It's hard to put and it I used to get, and, and you know, I used to get mad at my mom because she would never like she used to like beat the crap out of me, right? I mean not be, but you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah. Discipline. But, but but then my kids, she wouldn't touch them. And I'm like, but you used to kill me. <laughs> Now I see, because now I don't touch my granddaughter. It's like I can't because she's the grandbaby. And if I could have skipped parenthood and went right to grandparenthood, I would have. Oh, yeah. Everybody says that. It's like, but that's not, that's not how it works. But, well, congratulations on the great family you have and the growing uh, family that you have. And that's, that's, just, that's just great. And, uh, you know, I'm getting older and this podcast is getting older and we, you know, I'm having conversations with, uh, you know, some of my contemporaries like yourself and we're all in that same stage of life. Uh, but, uh, to get back to the, to hall of fame night, what was it like to, you know, coach Nutt couldn't make it cause he's doing the TV thing up in New York. And I remember calling him and, uh, of course he answers the phone. How you doing Dave Winder? <laughs> you know, like you just want to play for him. Just having a phone call with the guy. And, and I told him what I was thinking, and I said, could you record something from the set in New York City? And, and my goodness, uh, did he do a great job. Tell you what, Reggie, we're going to pause right here, and let's just play that video, and I want to get your reaction on the other side. Thank you, Dave. What a privilege it is to be talking to the Murray State Racer family. Congratulations to all the inductees. So much well-deserved. Diana and I always said Murray, Kentucky was the best four years of our life. I'm so thankful for Mike Strickland for giving me a chance to coach at Murray State University. I'll never forget walking into that building of Roy Stadium for the very first time. Great lady, Sandra Edwards, Claire Benton, uh, Janet Futrell, Sheila, Margaret Simmons, and Cheryl Whitaker. She was with basketball, and congratulations, Cheryl. Great job. James Buss was on the committee, and he helped me get there as well. And I'm just so thankful for all the alumni there. Uh, if you're there tonight, I want to thank each and every one of you. I have two guys tonight that I'm so proud of. There's a lot of good Murray State racers, and they're all excited about you two guys. Reginald Swinton, Little Rock Central, my high school. Danny came to me one day and said, hey, co hey coach, we got to have this receiver down at Little Rock Central, our alma mater. I said, really? What's so good about Reggie Swinton? Uh, he's fast. He can catch the ball. I said, Danny, the problem is we don't have a scholarship. Will he walk on? Lo and behold, he walked on. Gave Murray State a chance. He didn't even know where Murray State was located. Found Murray State. It didn't take him long to get on scholarship because he ran the most beautiful post route I've ever seen in my life. Now, I've never had a receiver that could run routes and all of a sudden he'd have to raise his hand and reach down and get an inhaler so he could catch his breath because he had some allergy problems, and I understand that. But... It was a funny scene on the, on the field to see this guy reaching for an inhaler ever so often. But I was so proud of this guy because he was a difference maker on game day. Unbelievable. He could create separation. He could make people miss. Punt returner, kick returner. 
Reggie, I'm so proud of you, but more importantly, I'm proud of the man that you are. What you're doing in Little Rock, coaching those little peewee guys, being a difference maker, being a great father to those guys, a husband at home. Congratulations, man, for this inductee honor. Awesome. Mike Cherry from Texarkana, Arkansas, helped recruited him to the University of Arkansas. He was so loyal to the Razorback family. But when I got to Murray, I whispered in his ear, if you're ever unhappy, you come to Murray. And I'd call after my second year. Mike, what do you think? You ready? Uh, coach, I'm going to stay another year. But I'll never forget, after his third year, he gave me a call. And with the help of Donnie Winchester, I got to give him an assist because nobody can sell Murray, Kentucky like Donnie Winchester. And he did a great job. Uh, Mike, you got great parents. You've been raised so good. And I will tell you something, you are a great quarterback. One of the best I've ever coached in my life. A lot of quarterbacks are good on first down. They're good on second down. But you're good on third and eight and third and nine because pressure didn't bother you. You didn't flinch. You're such a difference maker. And I knew you as a difference maker the moment you got to Murray because the first summer when the coaches couldn't be on the field, you went and gathered up all of them, all the receivers, all the running backs, all the DBs. And that's when I told Danny and Mike Markson one day, we got ourself a leader. And that's exactly what you are. You were a leader. 22-3 and three was the record those two years. And you and Reggie were connecting. And I'm just so proud of all the racers that played during those times, those championship years, back-to-back. -back. But I'm so happy that y'all are inducted into the Racer Hall of Fame. Congratulations to all the inductees. And remember... Go Racers. Well, Reggie, every time you hear Coach Nutt speak, you just want to run through a brick wall for him. And that wasn't that the most amazing tribute to you both by your great coach, Houston Nutt, also a Murray State Hall of Famer? And you see me smiling big. Every time that man name comes up, uh, I just know what he did for me in my career. And so to, to hear what he said about me at the CBS studios, um, Almost had me in tears again. Uh, that was such an awesome, you know, tribute to myself and to Mike Cherry, coming from somebody who 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 helped mold both of our careers. Uh, I couldn't ask for a better college coach. I couldn't ask for a better man at that time in my life to to teach me about young manhood, about discipline, about life, about winning, about about family. Uh, coach Houston Nutt taught me so much, and I owe so much to that man. And I love him. I love him. I love him to death. Well, we all do. We all do, Reggie. And at some point, I'll, I'll be having a mic on the show, too, in the entire 2022 class. Uh, I think you're maybe the 43rd Hall of Famer that I've had on the Runner with the Racers podcast. Um, but speaking of Hall of Famers, isn't it is amazing that from that uh, mid-'90s period that you, you were here, uh, William Hampton is a Murray State Hall of Famer. Rob Hart is a Hall of Famer. Coach Houston Nutt's a Hall of Famer. Now Reggie Swinton and Mike Cherry are. And there's a few others on that team that I think should be Hall of Famers too. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and you want me to name them? I can. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. Let, let, let it rip. Go ahead. Ronnie Meredith won. He's the best, I think he's the best linebacker in Murray history. You look at a guy like David McCann, who was so versatile. Look at a guy like Anthony Hutch, who, who should be in that thing. Uh, and then, you know, Derek Cullors. He still holds records at Murray State and only played there for one season. 
And, uh, you know, those guys, you know, those guys helped make Murray into what it, you know, became. Well, there, there's uh, – I, I never uh... – uh, tell anybody to shy away from any endorsements for the, for the Hall of Fame because we got a great mm-hmm. committee and uh, you just never know when when that that might happen. But looking at your your time with with Mike Cherry, um, and to let everybody know as as our Hall of Fame committee uh, meets several times during the year, we have a lot of frank discussions about hey who's up next how do, how do, how should it go. Uh, we, we try to, uh, for example, if you have a baseball player go in in one year, you're probably not going to see a baseball player the next year. Uh, and same with soccer and volleyball and all the other sports. So we, we try to keep track of each sport, uh, who is up for the Hall of Fame, and which ones uh, should go in. But when we got to you guys, I stood up in front of the meeting and I said, Reggie and Mike have got to go in together. And everybody everybody shook their head and agreed because – when I started breaking down um, the the stuff that you two uh, did together, it was just incredible uh, for me because um, what what we had was um, in uh, the two seasons, nineteen ninety five to ninety six, uh, Reggie Swinton caught ninety nine passes from Mike Cherry for 1,451 yards, nine touchdowns, and an average completion of about 15 yards. Uh, and then, of course, you, you had to play uh, Southern Illinois in 1996, and that was the, the crazy night that you had. Uh, Ten catches for Mike Cherry, 224 yards, three touchdowns. The 224 yards for you was a career high. Mike also had a career high uh, passing uh, that night, and that's still the the second highest receiving uh, game at Murray State behind Harvey Tanner's uh, 255 yards in 1967. So when you look back at it, you had to feel really good knowing while you're running a pass route that old Mike Cherry was probably going to throw it in your direction. You know, it's crazy because I remember that night. That was the same week that Tupac had got shot and killed, and wow. I was a huge Tupac fan. I, and I remember before the game in the locker room, had all my tape on my wrists and my ankles, and I wrote Tupac everywhere. And that was a tribute to him. And that night, it seemed like me and Mike was in a zone. And he was just, if you watch the tape, he was just throwing the ball up. It wasn't even going to anybody. He was just throwing the ball up, but I was just going to get it. And um, that was a special, special night. Me and Mike had a special bond on the field. Here's what's weird about the whole thing, Dave, is that people think that the quarterback and receiver are really, really great friends off the field. You know, me and Mike, as good a tandem as we was on the field, we rarely talked off the field. We rarely talked, period. But we both understood our assignment. Um, Myself, Mike, and Jesse Jones was just a trio that I don't think Murray would see again. Not that me and Mike didn't love each other. We, it's just that he had his set of people that he hung with. I had mine, and we knew when we came in that locker room in Roy Stewart Stadium and hit that field, we knew what time it was. And, and that was a great, great to have him there. And the time, the time it was is you guys going sixteen and zero in the OVC over two years, and no, and no, what nobody was was able to touch you. Um, hey, just real quick. You wore number 11 as a freshman, but then you switched to number two. 
was was number two maybe something you had before? How did that happen? No, I didn't wear number eleven. I wore eighty four my freshman year. Oh, okay. Eighty four was my and because um, number eleven was retired, number ten and eleven was retired. Oh, that's right. Well, maybe that's just yeah. a misprint on my part. So it was eighty four, and then yeah. and then two. Yeah, then number two. So what what was uh, the significance of, of of two? I wanted a single digit. Oh, okay. If, if you if you recall, Matt Hall was number two the year before. Right. That was Matt's senior year, my freshman year. And then when number two became available, I wanted something with single digits. And so two was available. And uh, because Quabine had number three and Sean Nolan had four and Benji Bona had five and then Lombard had six. I can go on and on, right. on and on about my teammates. You know, it's funny. I still you know, recall you, that. You remember the roster. <laughs> I remember my team because we, we, we were so close. We were so tight in that locker room. And on that field, that we felt like real family. Um, but number two was the only thing that came available because Donald Hitson had one, and that's what was open. And I took two, and I ran with it. But, you know, what's crazy about that whole thing is when they brought me on my visit for the spring game in 94, Danny Nutt did it. Now, he did his job in you know, recruiting me. He lied to me. I asked him if I could get. I asked him when I got there. I said, "Can I get number ten? Because number ten was in the, the little, the little frame." Yeah, that that was. He, oh yeah, that was. He was like, oh our, yeah, that was uh, uh, Larry Tillman's Mark, number. Because yeah. ten and eleven are the only two retired numbers at Murray State. So yeah, Tillman, Proctor. Tillman, uh, who used to throw to Harvey Tanner, and then Michael Proctor, number eleven. And a minute ago, yeah. when I said 11, I'm, I'm like, come on, Dave, you're a dummy. That's Michael Proctor's number. <laughs> so, anyway, it must but, be a typo but, on my notes or something. But No, it's all good. So, they, no, told, Danny, they told you you could wear re- a retired number? Danny told me <laughs> if I come to Murray State, they will bring number 10 out of retirement just for me. <laughs> and so, I was like, heck yeah, man. They, they, they really want me. <laughs> Uh, that's probably so a little above his, a little above his pay grade, don't you think? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so when I show up and I get to my locker, it's number eighty four. I'm like, man, y'all seventy four numbers off. Uh, <laughs> this is not number ten. <laughs> oh, this is good. This is good. And that's how I got eighty four. So that's that's how that's the story of of eighty four. Well, as we said, everybody knew that Reggie was going to have a chance in the NFL. Uh, you know, I remember seeing you returning kicks, and I was like, my gosh, this guy is just going to be great. And you had a five-year career, and you really did well, Reggie. What, what's it like just suiting up like that every Sunday in front of those crowds and, and all that? I'm, I'm sure it's the show, isn't it? Oh, my. Coming from Murray State, where we probably averaged at that time eight, nine, ten thousand 10,000 people, Coming out of my first ever tunnel was in Jack Wills against Carolina Panthers with the Jaguars. That was the preseason. When I first came out of a tunnel on a Sunday when the sun was up, you know all preseason games are at nighttime. When I came out of that tunnel, our first game against Tampa, Texas Stadium, and the atmosphere was different. Um, the sun beaming down that hole in the roof at you know, Texas Stadium, the crowd, the North atmosphere. When I tell you I was scared, I was absolutely scared. And I was a kick returner. And I remember at the coin toss, like, please do not win the toss. I don't want to be the first one to win the ball. 
As they uh, as Tampa got the ball, they went down and scored their first drive, a touchdown, and we go to commercial to come back, and it's time for the kick return. Dave, I was shaking in my boots back there on that goal line, and they kicked that ball to me, and I ran 77 yards down to the 17-yard line and got caught by Rundle Barber. I knew I belonged. Man, that's it's almost like I was there watching you just now as you were you were describing that. That that that's amazing. It was awesome. Is there any way to describe the speed of the game and the veracity ferocity that uh they hit with at that level? The speed is way different. Uh, um the sounds of the game, I'll never forget in practice one day, Dexter, uh, Dexter Coker, who's a linebacker, uh, I ran a slant route, and, and, you know, I caught it. Now, I wasn't all out full speed, but I was moving pretty fast in practice. And I got caught from behind. And when I got up and realized it was, it was a freaking linebacker that caught me, I said, Jesus Christ, a linebacker. Uh, the hits, the sounds, the speed, the play clock. If you don't slow it down mentally, you can get caught up in the sauce, as they say. Uh, so you have to really take a deep breath, calm down, and put yourself in the moment. Because if you don't, it can really frighten you, especially when you come from a small school where you're not used to all of that. You're not used to cornerbacks being built like linebackers. You know, uh, it, it can be a frightening deal. Well, that's 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 amazing. Well, when, when did you know it was it was time, it was that you weren't going to get another shot, or, or or had you had you had your fill? Did you know it was time to go do something else? At the end of my career, mm-hmm. yep. I actually got hurt uh, in two thousand five, um, the second game of the year, by by an ex XFL teammate of mine named Mike Furry. Um, I I ran a kick return. I was with the Cardinals, and he was playing with the Rams. And we was in Tempe, and I caught the kick return, and I went through the middle. At the bottom of the pile, there's a lot of things that go on in the pile people don't know about. Uh, but at the bottom of the pile, he was bending my toes back. And it actually gave me turf toe. And so I was in really bad pain, and I kept playing on it. And a couple of weeks later against the Panthers, I tore the ligament in that toe. And so I went from, you know, running a 4-2 or 4-3 to look like I ran a 4-5 or 4-6. And the way my contract was, I had a split contract. And what that means is I get paid my full salary if I play the whole year. If, 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 if I go on IR, I get half of my contract. And I have to make a decision. Do I go on IR and get 15000 a week, or do I keep playing and painting and get my 30000 a week? So I chose to keep playing in pain, and on film, it didn't look very well. So when it came down to the following year, they thought I lost a step when they didn't know I was hurt. And so that's how my career ended, with them thinking I was just slow at 30 years old. I was hurt the whole season, and so I never got another contract. But but you never told anybody you were hurt? The team knew. Oh, the team knew. Yeah, the team knew. They had to give me shots every week so I could play. They had to shoot a long needle into my foot of uh, wow. Mark Hain. And that's how I played. And so I walked around the whole week in a boot because I couldn't walk in regular shoes. I rarely practiced, but on game days I played. Hmm. Otherwise, it seemed like you came out of it okay. Yeah, but I still have problems with my toe. Like, it's, it's, it's stiff as a board. 
Yeah. Um, but but so, no, no problem with concussions, though. Well, so I have a lot of headaches. I just went to the store today and bought uh, and bought all these goodies uh, for all my headaches I have. So I take, you know, BC powders and the concussion losses. So I have a lot of headaches from my playing days. Uh, I got to have surgery on my shoulder because of torn labrum. So I have injuries. But, you know, Dave, when you're a football player, man, you're told to, you know, be tough and tough it out and, and fight through it. And so – all these years I've been fighting through it to the point now where that fighting through it is catching up to me. You have poured your passion into Little League football in mm -hmm. Little Rock. You've been doing it 11 years. And earlier, uh, I guess it was last summer as we we're getting ready to have Hall of Fame in 2022, uh, you told me that uh, I think you've got 12, 12 guys who are playing – college football that came through your little league that's pretty now cool four, when yeah now it's 14 um i had so i had three who just signed one signed with the arkansas razorbacks one signed with the university of central arkansas where scotty pippen went and then one signed with the washington baptist university and i have three more current juniors with offers that'll be seniors this next football season so and they all came out of my little league program that that makes me feel uh, a great sense of uh, good leadership, you know, because they start young, and so they have to start somewhere, and I feel like my program is a great place for kids to start and learn the game of football. A lot of people coach. They coach because their kids are playing. You know, I coach for the love of the kids, and I coach to make sure these kids stay off the streets and they continue to make good decisions. And so with that being said, all the kids are in college. I keep up with them. One of them is at OU. He is starting safety. One of them is at Louisiana Monroe. My son's at Jackson State, UAPB, Arkansas Tech. They all over Morehouse, and I love it. At all, at all levels. And at one point, all of those guys were little guys when they were five years old coming to yeah. Reggie Swinton's Little League. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And – in fact, the one that just signed with the Razorback, we had our team bank with this past Saturday, and he was our guest speaker. He's like six 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 seven. Like wow, all well, defensive end, he's a huge kid. That that must give you just this tremendous sense of blessing that you, you're doing that for kids in Little Rock. That's awesome, man. Yeah, and and it keeps me around the game. It keeps me um, around what I love. Uh, you know, in 2012, I went through these mental issues with, you know, depression. And I was going to my shrink and she couldn't figure out why she wasn't helping me or why she wasn't getting through to me. And after about a year, she was like, something's different about you. And she's like, what are you doing different? I was like, well, I got a little league football team, my coach of kids. And she was like, that's it. That's, that's your joy. She said, you're a different person now. I you know I never thought about that, but that's what brings me joy is being around those kids and helping a lot of them kids don't have father figures. And so I'm it, and my coaching staff, we do a great job with them. Well, Reggie, I'll tell you, this has been awesome to, to catch up with you and uh, and just what you're doing in your community, and you're going to be doing this for a long, long time and really having a positive impact on the the young kids and, and growing and the kids grow up in Little Rock and, and you're using the game of football to make their lives better. I just think that's awesome. Tell you what, uh, Reggie, uh, maybe as we leave here, just tell us, once a racer, always a racer. What, what does it mean to you to be a racer? 
Once a razor, always a razor. It means family. It means love. Um, a small but tight-knit community. And anytime I can get back to Murray, uh, you know, I'm going to try to get back because that's a huge part of my history. And I and I love Murray, Kentucky. And you know what's crazy? It's every time I see those trucks that says, it's like Pashal or Pashal. Uh, Pascal Truck Lines, yes. Yeah, Pascal Truck Lines. I see them all the time, and it takes me right back to my Murray days on 641 <laughs> North. It's always great to uh, visit with our uh, legends of Murray State Athletics. There are so many out there, and that's one of the reasons we started the Runner with the Racers podcast uh, was not only to visit with current student-athletes. We just had Ella Strickland from softball on last week. Uh, but to really dive into our, our greatest athletes, um, and Reggie is certainly one of those. I've got a great story of homecoming, October 11th, 1997. I remember this like it just happened yesterday. At that time, I was working at WPSD Television, and we had the Sky 6 helicopter that we used to fly on Friday night flights to a, a football game, and we would deliver uh, the game ball. Uh, to a high school, and our pilot at the time was Scott Lathram. Uh, he's now deceased, at dying in a tragic plane accident, uh, heading to a NASCAR race several years ago. I still miss Scott. But on this particular day, we landed a helicopter at the 50-yard line of Roy Stewart Stadium. Chad Darnell was my videographer, and the Dunker mascot was with us, although I couldn't remember to tell you uh, – who the student was that was in the costume. But that was certainly one of the experiences of my life that I'll never, ever see again. Both teams were on the sideline ready to kick the game off. We landed it right at the 50-yard line. <laughs> we got out. Scott took off. We gave the uh, – I handed the ball to the uh, the white hat, and we were off. Now, what ha that was very memorable, of course. But what happened next is the opening kickoff is taken at the two-yard line by Reggie Swinton. This was against Austin P in 1997. And he takes it 98 yards on the opening kick for a touchdown. I had never heard Stewart Stadium uh, so loud <laughs> that day. At the time, it was the Murray State record for the longest kickoff return. Now, that has since been topped twice by the great Pokey Harris, who's been on this podcast before. He had, uh, I think, back-to-back -back weeks had 100-yard kickoff returns at Eastern Illinois and then at Eastern Kentucky in 2014. Just an amazing moment and memories with uh, Reggie Swinton and Murray State football that I will never forget. Reggie's a good man. He's my friend and really excited about what he's doing in his hometown still today of Little Rock, Arkansas. And checking out what else is going on with the racers these days. You know, it was an amazing experience, amazing time to be part of it, to witness the racers men's basketball team in their first season in the Missouri Valley Conference. The only team out of the three newcomers to win at Arch Madness last weekend. The Racers knocked off Valparaiso 78-50, uh, but then they ran into eventual champion Drake in the quarterfinals where the Racers bowed out 74-62. Rob Perry was named third-team All-Missouri Valley, and he was on the newcomer team, and Quincy Anderson was named to the Missouri Valley All-Scholar team. In all, for head coach Steve Prohm in his second go-around with the Racers, I thought getting a winning season was very important. They went 17-15. Getting a winning season in the Valley was good, 11-9, and they won a game in the tournament. So now Coach Prohm and his staff are already building for next season. In the meantime, Rochelle Turner, the head coach for the Murray State women's team, they've also been seeing history in the making as they've gone through their first 
Missouri Valley Conference season. Now, hoops in the heartland is this week. It's the women's tournament in Moline, Illinois. The racers are the eighth seed. They're going to meet the number nine seed, Evansville, Thursday at noon. And when the all-Missouri Valley selections come out later this week, you can bet the racers will be represented in a great way with uh, Macy Turley and Caitlin Young to be honored for sure. Congratulations to Murray State baseball coach Dan Skurka. won his 100th uh, game uh, last weekend. Got a recent contract extension, so the racers are in good hands with Coach Skurka. They defeated Northern Kentucky 8-4, to took two out of three. The racers play at UK on Tuesday, and then Milwaukee comes into Reagan Field this weekend. The baseball Missouri Valley opener is March 24th at home against Bradley. Kara Amundsen's softball team at Murray State, 12-7. They played last weekend uh, in Starkville. They beat Dartmouth twice. They beat Abilene Christian and split with the host Mississippi State. Uh, they're home this weekend for the Racer Classic as Youngstown, Illinois State, will visit Racer Field. Murray State track and field. The outdoor season begins at home March 24th for the Margaret Simmons Invitational at Roy Stewart Stadium. And April will find the racers at SEMO, Ole Miss. They're at home against uh, Austin P and Jacksonville State and at Eastern Kentucky as the outdoor track and field season ramps up. Murray State women's golf. They're at UAB March 19th in Gulf Shores, Alabama. And congrats to Eliza May Coe. She was Murray State's first student-athlete to be Golfer of the Week in the Valley after she uh, shot a 68, her career-low round, twice a couple of weeks ago. Peyton Carter's also playing well, and the racers host their own Jan Weaver Invitational at Miller Memorial April 3rd and 4th. The Murray State men, they are off on the road to St. Simons Island, Georgia, for the Sea Palms Invitational, uh, the toughest field of teams they've faced this year. And good luck to the Murray State Rifle Team. They're at the NCAA Championship this week uh, in Akron at Rhodes Arena. It's their 35th NCAA Rifle appearance, eight of the last nine seasons that they have qualified. The Racers are seated fourth, and there's some great teams in there that are usually up there at the top, West Virginia, Kentucky, TCU, Alaska, Fairbanks, Ole Miss, Nebraska, and Air Force. Murray State is part of those eight teams competing uh, this week in Akron. And Murray State Tennis won a pair of matches over the weekend against Central Arkansas and North Alabama. They have their Missouri Valley opener March 18th and 19th as Valparaiso and Bradley visit Purcell Courts. And thanks for listening today. Make sure you check out GoRacers.com and our social media channels for the latest on the racers. The Running with the Racers podcast is a production of the Athletics Department at Murray State University. Thanks again to Reggie Swinton for being our guest today. This is Dave Winder saying, hey, go racers. <laughs>